0: Come on. Yeah no look, if you ever get the opportunity, and uh, there'll be uh, more mission trips in the future with one Fiji coming up uh, in July thereabouts. and also um, I'm sure we'll get back to Surigao at some time, at some stage. There's a great need there and uh, even a platform to really minister to the pastors there. They need good solid teaching. And so um, that's something I think that we could do, even help and contribute to going forward as a church. But in saying that, it is Mission Sunday. So in light of everything that we've just spoken about, it is important uh, that we continue on this theme. And so that's what I, I want to do. Oh gosh, my computer's shutting down. One second. But... Um, So what I want to share with you is a message, obviously, about missions, a message that will, uh, I pray, would challenge our hearts and stir our hearts, um, because let's face it, missions is a very central and important thing for the, the, the church of Jesus Christ, for the body of believers that we are, and for us as individually, in some capacity. We all have a role to play, and that's what I want to show you also in the scriptures today as well as we look at this because we can't ignore the fact that Jesus's last words were go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so there's a message that we have and when we, it's very easily easy for us to be insulated, to be inward focused, but once you begin to just go outside and preach the gospel, whether as the team do on the streets and uh, share the gospel as we do from day to day. And then when we get the opportunity to go on a mission trip like this, it really does have a wonderful impact where you can serve others. But also, you re- you know, not only do you give of yourself, but you receive as well. And so, uh, and so the overall experience is really a great blessing. But above all, it's to not only to edify and minister to the saints, but the emphasis being is to preach the gospel. That's what I said when I, before I, I went there. I said um, that they must set up for us a platform where we can preach. And so they did that over four nights and, um, in different places of the city. And uh, we were able to, to, to proclaim the gospel. And uh, we had the, the liberty to just preach Christ and to see some folks uh, that were just visiting and coming in and then responding. Uh, the, and the manner that they did was just such an encouragement. And so um, uh, I would encourage you to uh, consider some of these things, and I want to see it in the word of God, because they hadn't done it, they hadn't had, apparently they hadn't had those meetings, the outreach crusades, for something like uh, five years at least, someone was saying, you know, just something that kind of fell by the wayside. And um, and so to see it afresh, and to see the response that they did, and, and now that, that what the, you know, like Sister Mary Lou said, now that we were leaving, the work begins. They had much to follow up and to uh, to do work to continue. Um, but really, that's that's what it it is about. And so it was a great privilege to be a part of that. But I just want to uh, stir our hearts this morning, and uh, and and share with you. From the word of God, just briefly, I know it's, we're, we're running a little bit over time this morning, but I've got to share something in relation to missions, because Jesus has commissioned us to a mission. That's the fact. That was what he sent, his 12, he trained 12 men, and then released them once they were baptised and filled with the Spirit, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And so, this was the focus, this was the whole emphasis. It was missionary, it was uh, uh, to evangelize, it was to go. And so, uh, in, in light of that, that is always uh, uh, there for us to consider and to take note of. And all of us are called in one way, shape, or form to be a part of this, um, as we will see. But you see, it's a serious mission. And so um, I was just pondering the whole aspect of missions and I want to share with you just some quotes. I just want to share some things from the Word of God that we can see and uh, know the heart of God this morning in relation to the the issue at hand and that being uh, preaching the gospel and missions and so forth because um, the Word of God is our guide. And so we can't read the New Testament without seeing the the whole emphasis of missions. You can't read the book of Acts and not see the spirit of missions that uh, is uh, so prevailing in the word of God. And one man said the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions and the closer we get to Christ, the closer we get to the heart of God, the more we understand the needs that are there and how we can contribute and be a part of that. And so in in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, there's some things that we can see about Christ himself. Now, I must say as well, the sign of a healthy church is a church that is focused on missions. And I don't mean just in a token sense. I mean in a sense where there's active uh, contributions, there's active participants and involvement and, uh, uh, in these things. I came from a movement in which... You know, we, uh, from, you know it was from 1970 out of the Jesus Movement that had no churches to grow in 50, 40 years, 50 years, to 2,500 worldwide. So I grew up in an atmosphere of, of some of these things. Like I said to Colm, when I, when I, after they did that uh, outreach crusade and I preached, I said to Colm, this was in my DNA. This is actually what I grew up with. This is what I did and what uh, was put into me and, depa- and deposited in me. As a, as a young Christian and, and so just to have that maybe saw me a little bit more in my element too because that's where my heart also beats is to be able to do some of those things and to have had that privilege was, was a wonderful thing. But we all can because this is the heart of Christ. And I want to read just in Matthew 9 where Jesus, he says these words, It says in verse 35, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. And so here is Jesus in the midst of his ministry on earth. And he's looking at the children of Israel. He's looking at the multitudes that are surrounding him. And, uh, and in a special moment, a, a snapshot in time, what we see is Christ being, uh, looking at the multitudes... And he went about doing all that he was doing and healing every disease among the people. He came to set the captives free, to cast out demons, all those that were oppressed. We know that that ministry Jesus fulfilled in all the miracles that he performed. But listen to verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And so what you see here is you you get a glimpse now into the heart of Christ. uh, In a glimpse of the heart of God, as he's uh, uh, in the midst of the work, he's stopping for a moment, Christ, and he's just observing. And obviously here is one that sees the hearts of men. We just look at the surface level. We can look at the surface level, but Jesus is looking so much deeper And what he sees and what he observes in their hearts moves him, moves him deeply. That word to be moved with compassion, it means the, 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 the groaning of the bowels. It's a deep, deep word that talks about a deep response in the human heart to that which Jesus is observing. And as he looks at these, uh, he's, uh, he says, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered and they were like sheep that had no shepherd. And not only does that characterize the children of Israel in that day, but nevertheless it characterizes the world that we live in. When we, whether we look out our door in the, the neighbourhood, in this city, in this nation, whether it's the, the nations beyond, uh, and that's why it's a good thing to get out to see how privileged we are um, uh, as a nation, we have, and that's why people get caught up in materialism and apathy and so many different things in the West, because when you go to some of these places, the stark reality of survival is what it's all about. And it changes deeply. And so, you know, all they have is, some of them, all they have is Christ. And that's all we need, amen, at the end of the day. But see, Jesus is moved with compassion. And he's so moved that the Bible says that it prompts him to speak. And he says in verse 37, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labourers are few. You see, here's the need. The harvest is plentiful. But the requirement now that what God is looking for, and this is what Jesus is trying to deposit, and He's trying to show us His heart, and He's trying to communicate something to us, is that the harvest is plentiful, but what God needs is He needs labourers. People that are willing to participate, to involve themselves, to get to, uh, involved in the work of the Lord, whether that be in evangelism, discipleship, or serving, or whatever capacity or calling that is for you and I. And it varies. But we all have a role to play. And so, he says, Truly, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. And therefore, verse 38, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's his harvest. God's harvest. And we are being called by God to have the privilege of laboring in that harvest. To give ourselves to that work. Thank God for, you know, we, we pursue all these things in life and we need jobs and we need careers. We need, we're blessed with all those things. But you know what? The greatest work and the greatest need revolves around the kingdom of God. And we can't neglect it. We can't just be apathetic towards it. We just can't pretend that someone else will do it. We must participate in whatever capacity we can and according to the calling of God upon our lives. Because the Lord needs laborers. And he wants to send out laborers into his harvest. And you see, the passion that Jesus is manifesting here is a result of his compassion. His compassion for the lost has prompted a deep passion. That is fueling his heart. And really this is what we need to capture this morning for ourselves. This is exactly what needs to be put in us through, through the Lord. And that we would say, yes Lord, here am I, send me. Like exactly like Isaiah when uh, the Lord showed him the vision. And uh, he said, whom, whom will go for me? Whom? And here's Isaiah said, here I am Lord, send me. I'll do it. Even though I'm a man of unclean lips... But the Lord cleansed him and set him on his path. So the world is the field. One man said, I have but one passion. It is he. It is he alone. The world is the field and the field is the world. And henceforth that country shall be my home where I can most be used in winning souls for Christ. So this is the mentality of missionaries. One man said about even revival, he said in every revival there is a re-emphasis of the church's missionary character. And it's true, I remember speaking to Owen Morgan about this and he said a church that is healthy, that is God is moving, that is revitalised will always ultimately find its end and expression in missions. And it must. Because that's where God is. He's going to move us in that direction in one form or another to, to, to minister and to move, and especially when, in a nation like Australia where we do... Where we are blessed, where we do have where our finances, when we give, can have great impact and contribution in these some of these third world nations. So we can't ignore that. So he says there's a re-emphasis of the church's missionary character. Men return to Calvary, and the world is seen afresh through the eyes of Christ. That's what I'm trying to show us this morning through the text. The infinite compassion of Christ fills the heart and the passion evoked by Calvary, demands the whole wide world as the fruit of his sacrifice. And so therefore, we now actively serve the Lord in this capacity. We say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, let your heart be my heart. And when we pray these prayers, these are the things that God's going to deposit in us. And so the issue of passion and vision in the Christian life is, is so important. It was William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, uh, the general of the Salvation Army. Now it's just the social organization that is impotent, you know, the salvos. Like, what's that? The Salvation Army was an army that marched in the streets of England and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and had eggs, urine, you name it, everything thrown at it as they bore the reproach of Christ. And God sought to bless that movement and it grew rapidly into a missionary movement. It lost its way, as many movements do. But that doesn't negate the fact of what God has done through them. And, um, and, uh, and it was William Booth who said to Queen Victoria, I don't know which one, I was, said to the Queen, he says, some men's passion is gold. Some men's passion is fame. My passion is the souls of men. And I hear that, and I know I get convicted. I, it causes me to reassess, but this is... This is These missionaries, this is what was at work in their heart and why God was able to work so mightily in and through them. It's a passion. One man said, Tell the students to give up their small ambitions and come eastward to preach the gospel of Christ. This was Francis Xavier. He was a missionary to India, Philippines and Japan. And so obviously these things stir us. But it's not enough just to be moved. Amen. Jesus was moved with compassion. We can be moved as well, but that, that has to lead to action. It has to lead to uh, somehow us to act. And so, uh, act we must. Sympathy is no substitute for action. And so we must, be, we must participate. It was Leonard Ravenhill, that great revivalist preacher, he said, we Christians are debtors to all men at all times in all places, but we are so smug to the lostness of men we've been living in Laodicea lax, loose, lustful, and lazy. Why is, this, why is there this criminal indifference to the lostness of men? Our condemnation is that we know how to live better than the way we are living. And it's true, we live in a nation, let's be honest, it's so easy just to get lax and lazy. Because, you know what, we've got everything. I know we struggle, we've got to make ends meet, but when you compare and see the rest of the world, we have so much, church. And it's so easy to be lulled. Prosperity, as we know, is, the da- is a danger. That's what happened. It was, it was the danger to Israel. God blessed them so abundantly, and yet in their prosperity, they would uh, drift away and depart from the Lord. This is a reality. And we're no different. And we've got to make sure, that as we serve the Lord as well, in this generation that we're a part of, that we are geared in this way, because we can fall into this trap as well. And, I, and I'm sure, to some degree, we all can acknowledge that and confess it. I know I can. And so I pray that we can see the need, that we can see some things differently. You know, one of the things people say is, well, you know, I'm not really a talented person. You know, who am I? And I, you know, I, and this is one of the messages I preached in one of the youth meetings about being inadequate. You know, God delights in using inadequate people. He delights in you. The, the, the Bible says God has chosen the foolish things of this world. God has chosen the base things of this world. God, all he needs is a willing heart. And he can take that and, uh, and you know, here's Jesus. He's with 12 disciples. The whole religious establishment, the whole education established, educated establishment, they're looking at these disciples and they're thinking, Jesus, you've got these numbskulls hanging around you were these disciples? You know, look at them, they're just ordinary folk, fishermen. You know, they're just rough as guts, they've got no class, they're not polished. Hmm, yeah, am past the Fitzgerald, you know. But yeah, Jesus takes these men and he baptizes them and he prepares them and then he says, Go and they and go forth. They do. And you know, the Bible says in Acts that those that have, they've come here, those that have turned the world upside down. And you read about that missionary spirit in the book of Acts and you can't help but read it and not catch some of that. And, and that's what I'm trying to put forth to us this morning. One man said, he's, God is not seeking powerful people to represent him. Rather, he looks for those who are weak, foolish, despised and written off. And he inhabits them with his own strength. Praise the Lord. Again, it was, the, you know, it, remember going back to William Booth, you know, back in England in those days, they had the slums. There was so many people that, in England in the city there that were just drunkards and there was so much alcoholism and abuse and violence and poverty that it was amongst the, uh, the multitude. And, and the, the religious establishment, the Methodist church in those days, especially that he came out of, You know, they were all indifferent, you know, because we're the upper class now of society. We've been blessed, but, you know, and they just detached themselves and probably for a lot of other reasons in their theology as well. And as a result of that, here comes William Booth. He says, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to preach the gospel. And and here are all these people getting saved and set on fire and going out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was William Booth that said, when he gave his instructions, he said, go for the worst. Because let God take those souls and transform them in his power and grace and set them out to preach the gospel. And God does this all the time. Look at the Jesus movement back in the 70s a whole hippie generation that had gone into so much sin and rebellion and uh, had, had gone into so much uh, loose living and everything else that was happening in those days. And at the end of their rope, when they finally came to the end of themselves, there was some multitudes of them that got saved. And then out of that generation, there were many that came out and went out to, into the field. And, uh, and whether that be Calvary Chapel or the potter's house where I came from, whatever the uh, situation was, But God uses ordinary people. And so, this is where we can say, you know what, God can use me. I've come to realize that I just have, I really do. I say this sincerely, I have one talent to teach. I really believe that. But I, I'm not going to bury it. I'm just going to say, put it out on the table and I'm going to just pray and I'm going to do the will of God and I'm going to do what God's called me to do and I'm going to trust that God's going to work. And He does. And and if we would just avail ourselves, it will be. That's what's exciting when you go on these trips. Is that you actually minister and you see the impact of your labors, and you realize, you know, wait a minute, I want to see this at home. I want to see this in my own church. I want to see this in my own life on a greater level. And so, we all have a role to play. You know, let me share this when we talk about missions because you know not everyone's called to go in the sense overseas or do this and do that I understand that but you know there's a story in the Bible where King David and um, he he has gone out for battle and Ziklag's been raided and everything's been taken and they come back and the hearts of the people is absolutely distressed the Bible says that they were so angry and distressed that they were going to take up stones and they spoke about stoning David and David, the Bible says, strengthened himself in, in the Lord. And and then what happened was there was a certain group that were so distressed and they were so, you know, they just stayed back. And then there was a group that went to search for them and to, to fight and the Lord obviously caused them to recover all and they came back to Ziklag. And then that, that group said, well, you know what, we've got everything, but you know what, they can't share in the blessings. And David said, no, 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 wait a minute. He said these words he, in, in um, actually let me read it to you. In uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 24, David says, But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. Or in other words, as a congregation and as we participate, there are those that are called, but there's those that can give. You know there was a there was a there was a family in the in in Suriga, which is generally very poor but there was a, a, a family that was well off or you know in, in 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 the relative sense and i thought you know god wants to bless people business people god wants to give money into people's hands so that they can give to missions so that they can support because you might not be caught to go but someone else can go down to the front line of the battle but those that give and support and stay by the supplies. They are the ones, David said, they shall share alike in the spoils. So in other words, it's not you know just the individual that goes, it's all those that support the individual. It's all those that are involved in the background, all those that are giving of their time and their money. And this is where we as a church, we can enter into that into a greater capacity. And I pray we get a glimpse of it this, this morning as we had this mission Sunday and as we've just some of these things, because I know... Everyone shared their testimony, but I, even me, as a, as a, I just had such a wonderful time. And I, just, I was preaching just one, again and again, and over and over and over, and I just was so blessed to be able to have done that. But I also understood, you know what, I'm here because people gave. There are people, people that are giving that have provided for aspects of this trip so that we can facilitate it. And so that's why we share all these things, because we all share it together. We're all participants in this. And so, um, and, and as we come together and as we set our heart to the heart of Christ, which is the spirit of missions, if we can see the Lord's heart and, and begin to have a vision and a passion for the lost in this manner, then who knows what God can do through us? What, what, what greater things can be born from us? We just have to say yes, Lord, and get to work. And so I pray that, we have challenged or stirred this morning, but in all of these things that the Lord would bless us because the greatest need is to preach the gospel and the greatest joy is to see a soul saved. You know, I, we talk about this particular one individual at, at, and she caught my attention at the beginning and to have seen Barbara minister over the course and then me have the opportunity, then I saw her at the end weep in the arms of calm and when she wept in my arms, she was sobbing, sobbing, but it, it was, it was so, so wonderful. And there were so many other instances of people that were touched through the gospel and through preaching and through ministering the word. And, and you know, that's what it's all about. That is the heart of God. That's the joy of the Christian life. And I pray in this nation, because Australia, oh, it's, it's hard. It's hard-hearted. This nation trusts in so much th- other things. But I tell you, one day, God's going to humble this nation. And I, I, I believe it. And whatever it takes for people to come out of this, this, this stupor, to realize that there's something more to life. There's eternal life. There's eternal judgment. There's heaven. There's a hell. There's a Christ. And, when, whatever, and I don't care how dark it gets. All I know is the darker it gets, the greater the capacity is for the light to shine. And I want to be part of it. I want to be here. I want to preach the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing. And we pray the Lord bless us. So let's do that. Let's pray this, this, uh, this morning as we conclude. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. God, for your heart. God, we, we had such a wonderful time of ministry in the Philippines, Lord, and the need is great, but Lord, we were blessed. And Lord, I just thank you that we can come back here and share these things, Lord, with the brethren. And Lord, that which uh, was deposited in our hearts, that we can, Lord, uh, give that to them. My God, God, work in our hearts. Let us see the need. Let us, Lord, give of ourselves. Let us, Lord, also be not just moved with compassion, but God, moved to action. In whatever capacity that may be, Lord. But let us all be participants, God, in this this mission to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh God, this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.